Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all enjoying your morning here on a Wednesday. We're here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wednesday, June 5th. I can't believe it's June already, but this is where we sit at, folks. It is officially June. And we're a couple uh, couple shows into June already, believe it or not. So, happy June. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're taking the time to do some nice things for yourself and for some loved ones and whatnot. Uh, a couple prayers this morning. I want to I wanna throw up for uh, a friend's mother that's going through cancer, as well as a father that we hope uh, stays out of the cancer realm from here on out. And, uh, and then uh, a fourth grader who's actually going through it. Really, anybody that's going through cancer, it's a very sad and just, I mean, it is, it's tragic. And, you know, I feel like the older I get, the more people you find out have it and the more people that you know, obviously, and it's just sad, you know. I just want to, I want to bring an end to cancer. I want to see an end to cancer. I, I really honestly do. I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it from anybody anymore. I don't want anybody having to go through this anymore. It's sad. It's horrible. So my prayers and my hopes are that, you know, we can get past this. You know, my prayers and my hopes is that we can find cures and get people better and and just things things will get better for all of us. I really do pray and I hope that because I just don't, I feel horrible to hear the stories and I never want it to happen to somebody that I love, but to me, I don't want it to happen to anybody. So my prayers and my hopes go out to everybody that's dealing with anything tough this morning, including cancer or losing a job or relationship ending or whatever it may be. My prayers and my hopes are with every single one of you, and, and I hope that you could find some peace and know that you're not alone and know that you know I'm praying for you and I got your back. And, you know, hopefully you're surrounded by a great support system. If you're not, then I hope that your support system increases and gets better as the days go by. So thank you so much for listening in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. MixLR stands for Mix Live Radio. You can listen to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora by downloading the MixLR app and then searching Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, or by simply going to, on any device, mixlr.com backslash DT, and you could follow for free. When you follow me on there for free, you, you will have two opportunities totally free. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything except for just set up an email, and there you go. You'll get emailed every single time the show goes live, and you'll be able to chat with us in the live chat room. So if you haven't become a member, as so many have, make sure that you become a member today. So with that being said, great show here. In the first hour, I got Zach Mahoney coming on to the broadcast. Zach Mahoney has a tremendous story about his time at Syracuse playing quarterback. We're going to talk with Zach about that as well as you know what he's doing now and what his ideas are now. Put out a message that he's going to chase his dreams he had a job. He decided to let that job go and get after his dreams completely. So we're going to have a, a tremendous conversation, I'm sure, about his dreams and his aspirations, his wants and his desires, and how you just have to go after what you truly want in life. So we're going to have a great conversation with Zach Mahoney here in hour number one. And then in hour number two, we will be doing fantasy football implications of every single one of the 32 NFL franchises when it comes to the quarterback position. We'll be talking about quarterbacks at every single NFL franchise. So make sure you tune in for that fantasy football and NFL talk coming up in the second hour of the show from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. Mike and I are going to be on live audio right here on MixLR.com backslash wake up call DT and on live video on Facebook Live, Facebook.com backslash live now DT. So make sure that you're checking us out on Facebook as well. So plenty of football coming up for you today. It's going to start with Zach Mahoney in hour number one. And in hour number two, we will jump into the NFL and every single quarterback situation around the country. And what does that have for fantasy implications as you get ready for fantasy football? So all that's coming up. 
right after this fast break. You're listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live from the Charney's Men's Clothing Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. The thrill of gaming, adventure, and achievement collide at the Museum of Intrigue, located on the third floor in Destiny, USA, in Syracuse, New York. Open seven days a week, the Museum of Intrigue offers over 25 untold stories and is ever-growing and changing. For more information, call 855-653-7227 or reserve your story today at museumofintrigue.com. Spark your curiosity at the Museum of Intrigue, where you will never have the same experience twice. Breaking news. The Press Room Pub, located on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in downtown Syracuse, is where entertainment and sports become one. Trivia is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. with host Dan Tortora. Sports are always on from every angle at the Press Room Pub. The main floor features a full bar and restaurant with two private party rooms, featuring games, a colossal television, and more. So head out for lunch, dinner, or a drink and plan your parties with the Press Room Pub. 220 Carol Place in downtown Syracuse. Call 315-569-4345 for more information. The press room awaits you. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It's always an honor and a privilege to be hanging out with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., Eastern time right here where sports meets life on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So thank you for tuning into the show. Thank you for being a part of it. And thank you for believing in the difference, hearing the difference of what we are here at Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So I truly appreciate it and thank you so much for it. With that being said, speaking of hearing the difference, chasing your dreams is is not an easy thing to do. And we go through different you know, periods in life, we will do certain things with our dreams and maybe we'll do something else. Then maybe we'll do them both. I mean, kind of to make an example, you know, when I started out coming out of college, I wanted to broadcast. I wanted to be on TV or the radio. And I started working at a restaurant because, you know, I was trying to get a job. And in the meantime, I worked at a restaurant for a few months. And then when I got the job, they said, Hey, you're not going to get the show right away. You got to do this. You got to be an account executive. You got to sell this stuff. This has got to be your main gig. Then we'll think about it. Then I had to push them. Then I had to tell them that they had to keep their word. Then eventually I got on the air, but I still had to do all the other stuff, you know? And so to get to where I am today, it's, it wasn't an easy road and it's not an easy road to stay with your dreams because you're constantly every day, you know, fighting for what you want and what you desire. And you're fighting to, you know, prove yourself to yourself, not to anybody else. And I think that that's important to know. So with, with Zach Mahoney coming on to the show today, the thing that I love about this is that Zach is embarking on the next chapter of following his dreams. He wanted something. He did some other stuff. He feels that inside. And I tell people all the time, you're going to find out very quick whether you love something truly or if you think you love something. And there is a difference to that because when you get knocked on your butt, you either love it, you get right back up, or it stays with you, or you think you love it, and then you're like, eh, you know what? And then time goes by and you're not doing it, you don't really miss it. So I feel very privileged to have Zach Mahoney on the show today, former Syracuse quarterback, because he's embarking on something that very few people have the guts to do and the faith in themselves to do and the trust in themselves to do and and that push, that gumption, that get up and go 
So whatever happens from here, I'm just proud that he's chasing his dreams. And with that being said, we bring him on to the broadcast. Zach, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. And, and, and man, I, I mean, I, I know that was, a, that was a long intro here for you, but, you know, just what you can say about it, because I just really, I support anybody who's chasing their dreams because I know how hard it is and, and how hard it's been to, you know, chase mine and, and want mine and have to, you know, go through certain things. And, and I feel very blessed to wake up every day and do what I love. So I just want to get into your story a little bit here because I, I really am so proud that you're that you're chasing your dreams and you're getting after it. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, giving me the time. Um, you know, just after, you know, my career at Syracuse ended, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity in the CFL with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, that was probably one of the hardest months of my life because being up there, I uh, wasn't getting any reps, and the coaches saw that even though I was working hard, that they already just had the quarterbacks that they wanted, and they told me kind of three-quarters of the way through that we're sorry we didn't have reps for you, and we hope that we can find something for you in the future. Um, but being up there, not not getting reps, even though um, you know I, they see that I have some potential, um, and it was a time up there where I actually had to miss my sister's wedding because of it. And, uh, you know, when I finally came back home, I started working out in Chicago with my brother at a – at a wonderful spot called Bracey's Performance uh, with the head trainer, Kyle Bracey, who is a, you know, an Eastern Illinois alum who just through connections my brother met and who I met, and I got probably the best shape of my life. Uh, I was throwing great. I had workouts or tryouts with the Alliance of American Football League, and to me and a lot of people around me, it wasn't close how I outperformed them, but, uh, you know, they, they want big names and you know I can understand that when you when ratings and other things are involved you want to try to get players that can be in there but um, it was kind of at this time that you know I started having some problems with my back you know I couldn't really <clears throat> sorry I couldn't really sit down I couldn't do much I couldn't run and I figured you know the best thing for me is probably to take some time off and with that time off I found a uh found a sales job back in upstate New York, you know, my second home. And with that, uh, being away from home, being away from football for the first time in my life, really, uh, I just realized how much I missed it. And when I started talking to my agent and talking to a couple other people, they both, everyone kind of backed me up and said, you know, if you want to go for it, go for it. So I ended up quitting my job and I'll be training in upstate New York for the next couple weeks until I move back to Chicago and start training full-time again. Speaking here with with Zach Mahoney, a former Syracuse quarterback who is taking the time right now to get after his dreams and and, and get back to football – just bring me into, you know, the road to get back here. I know you talked about, you know, a bunch of it right there, but just what you could say about maybe the mental road or the emotional road. You know, what have you been thinking about? And what have you been feeling over the past, you know, few months, you know, a couple of years and whatnot? What what can you say about, you know, what's been going through your mind and your heart as you've been trying to, you know, really figure out, are, am I going to pursue this? Am I going to get after this again? Uh, honestly, is I think the... The emotional part hasn't been as hard as some people might think because of the love and support I've gotten from my family and friends of wanting to do this. They have, I have so much respect that they're allowing me to pursue this, even though, you know, I'm, I'm uh, three credits away from a master's degree, and some people would rather have me go pursue that angle than want to keep trying to play football. But um, it's truly been amazing how loving my corner's been and then just mentally um you know I've been had a lot of ups and a lot of downs more down so in my career and so I'm kind of used to it by now but uh you know it, it has, this isn't the first time where I've gone to a camp or I've gone to a tryout and I feel like I've I've done better than some of the people that have gotten called back or have gotten the chances and you know I'm just hoping one day in the near future that all it takes is one person to love me because I know um, it's just a matter of time once I 
just get an opportunity that I won't look back. And I'm sure um, with the hard work that I keep putting up that will come sooner rather than later. And, and when you go through this, like you said, you know, the ups and the downs and, and trying to find that place and trying to find that fit and trying to, you know, just catch on with somebody and, and whatnot. It, it, what has that done on the mental side of things for you? You know, how has it made you more mentally strong? You know, what can you say about what you've gone through on that side? Because I, I talk about it all the time on the show that it, it, no matter what job you do or what relationship you're in, I mean, if it's a friendship, if it's relationship with with family if it's a a significant other if it's if it's a child if it's you know your relationship with you know an animal that you have or a job or whatever may be the mentality part of it you know how you treat yourself inside your own mind no matter what the topic is it's paramount how you treat yourself how you talk to yourself so mentally just what you can say about you know how have you grown strength there and how have you gotten better mentally to handle the woes that have kind of come your way in the ebb and flow of trying to get what you want yeah I think for me from an early age I've had a very strong intrinsic motivation you know I don't need too many people to kind of tell me what to do or how to live my life and all it takes is me really wanting to do that and that's kind of all the push that I need Uh, but it, it obviously does help when you know I have a loving family and friends that help help me along the way with every step but I mean there's a lot of people that struggle with it and I certainly have along my way I'm not saying it hasn't hurt uh, when people tell you that you're not good enough or uh, you can't play here because when you look back at the results and you look at some of the things that they look at and you know I'm 6'2 I'm not this 6'4 guy I'm occasionally fast I'm not always fast I'm not the most consistent but you know when you just see me on the street or where even in pads you know I'm not a dominating force like some of the other players that you can see but the moment you put the ball in my hands and it's a it's game time I feel like I'm one of the best to compete um in the country at the position I am and I'm just hoping to keep that same mentality and get another chance to do that Speaking here with Syracuse Orange quarterback alum Zach Mahoney this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live from the Charney's Men's Clothing Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse. Uh, Zach, for for you, uh, let's go to the CFL, and I know you spoke a little bit about that, but what did you ultimately take away from the Canadian Football League? What did it teach you? What can you say about the league? I mean, you've gotten to experience you know some some leagues out there like the CFL and the AAF and whatnot. So I wanna I wanna really dig into the CFL and and what you took away from it and what you felt about maybe the level of talent and the level of play there. Yeah, the level of talent and the level of play is definitely something that I expected. Uh, they're all the guys are professionals. I mean, it, it was crazy for me uh, just stepping into a locker room and seeing how diverse it was. You know, you have people from the middle of nowhere, Canada, who are just freak athletes, and then you have other guys who have won national championships, and all of them come together and just form a great team. I can't thank Winnipeg enough just for the opportunity. I wish things obviously went differently, but they have a great bunch of guys up there. But some of my biggest takeaways were obviously having, you know, receivers in motion, the different rules, the extra man on the field because, you know, I've played 11-man football for, oh, geez, like 16 years or something like that. And, you know, when you when you change stuff, especially big-time things, you're not used to it. So it took me a little while to, to realize, you know, I'm so used to just counting four receivers, but sometimes that fifth receiver is the guy that you need to find. And it took me a little while to get used to that. But I think in the month that I was up there, that learning a a new playbook in a new system in a new country was something that I took a lot of pride in doing. You know, I didn't, if I wasn't at the facilities doing stuff, I was at my college dorm apartment uh, that they had us in. And, you know, I was just trying to, do my best to find the time to uh, learn learn all the new plays and all the new systems and just, like I was kept saying, just <laughs> learn 
I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've done was you kind of learn how to take care of your body, you learn how to study better, you learn how to go about your life as a professional each and every day. And I was very thankful to be a part of that with the group of guys that we had there. And so, you know, to go from there in the CFL and to, you know, have have the opportunity to work out with the AAF, the Alliance for American Football, that obviously, you know, wasn't maybe, you know, you, you got to cross, cross all your T's and dot all your I's and, and it looked good and it felt good, but, you know, obviously some, some issues arose and whatnot. What did you take away from the AAF and, you know, the level of talent there and your experience there in that sense? Uh, well, I can only speak to the one tryout that I had, um, and that was just that uh, a lot of guys came from bigger schools, had more successful college careers, and just did, and may have played in different league longer than I had. Um, but like I said, when I was when I was out there throwing and I was doing the drill works, it didn't seem like there would be a drop off from one guy to the next and the only thing that really stood out to me was how long have you played professionally or what school did you go to and unfortunately you know being at a school that went four and eight in the three years that I was there and then not having too much more experience after that uh, really proved to be my biggest burden and you know I'm just hoping one day that someone's gonna overlook the fact that um you know, the college didn't go the way I wanted to or the way any of my teammates wanted to go. But at the end of the day, you know, I've only played quarterback for really six years now. And I've had limited training in it for maybe half a year from one coach. And I'm just hoping that I can get back to finding the, the right quarterback coach to help me out, to get me to where I need to be. And Hopefully that will give me an opportunity to be in front of the people that can uh, give me another chance to play professionally. And to have this opportunity, you know, to, to play professionally and to chase your dreams. You know, your road, speaking here with Syracuse Orange quarterback alum Zach Mahoney, you know, your road was, was not the typical road. It was the, the atypical road to, to have to go the route that you – that you went, and if you would uh, oblige me, Zach, you know, when I had uh, written the story from fifth to first, the Zach Mahoney story uh, back in 2015, I kind of want to share that with everybody now because it, it chronicles kind of what you've been through, and I want to talk with you about that following it. And uh, really, so this, I mean, this is the story. High school student-athletes work toward opportunities in college, opportunities that thousands and thousands of fellow student-athletes are working toward as well. But there's a finite amount of spots as sometimes the leap from high school to NCAA Division One FBS level football does not always happen for all, at least not right away. Some choose the junior college JUCO route, spending one or two years above the high school level, gaining more experience in the hopes of also gaining looks from FBS college programs from around the country. That was the avenue that Zach Mahoney chose, attending the College of DuPage in Glen Ellen, Illinois, after playing at Lyons Township High School in Illinois. In his first season for junior college, Mahoney threw for 1,943 yards with 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Following that season, Syracuse offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, former one, Tim Lester, offered Mahoney an opportunity to become a preferred walk-on for the Orange an offer Mahoney accepted with a year left of JUCO football, entering Syracuse with three years of eligibility. With returning starter Terrell Hunt back along with redshirt sophomore Austin Wilson and sophomore A.J. Long, both of whom had experience under center for the Orange in 2014, Mahoney entered into a crowded competition, which only became more of a challenge with true freshman Eric Dungy landing in Syracuse as well. Mahoney began 2015 at Syracuse behind them all as the fifth string and final option at quarterback for the Orange. But when Dungy went down at home against Central Michigan, Mahoney entered onto the field, splitting time with Austin Wilson. Then in the following game, a home matchup with a top 10 ranked team in the LSU Tigers, fifth string became first string as Mahoney was tabbed by Lester and Schaefer to be the starting quarterback for the Orange. 
In his first ever start at the FBS level, Mahoney completed 16 of his passes, while his other 22 attempts fell incomplete. But more importantly, Mahoney threw three touchdowns to one interception against an SEC defense attached to a team regarded as, at the time as a top-10 program. Mahoney also displayed his ability to not only run the football, but run it successfully, 40 yards on seven keepers, 5.7 yards per carry against LSU. He led the Orange on scoring drives that resulted in it being a one-touchdown game on two separate occasions in the second half, one a touchdown pass play to junior wide receiver Brisley Esteem in the third quarter, and the second a pass play to junior wide receiver Ben Lewis in the fourth. In a game when Syracuse was undoubtedly regarded as the underdog, Mahoney got Syracuse within 10 of LSU before time expired. He would follow his first-ever start about with the SEC, with his second start coming against the top-ranked team in the nation at the time of play, the Clemson Tigers. Despite only gaining 80 yards for the offense through the air on eight total completions over four quarters, he moved the offense ahead once again, showing for a second time his ability to be a dual-threat quarterback for the Orange, 76 yards on 10 keepers, going from 5.7 yards per carry to 7.6 against the number one team. Even more impressive were the two touchdowns scored by Mahoney on the ground, which showcased his vision, quick decision-making, and speed in the option offense run by Lester. Syracuse was a 30-plus point underdog going into the game against Clemson. Mahoney took that 30-plus point prediction and lowered it to 10 points of separation as time expired. Two starts for a Juco transfer preferred walk-on former fifth-string starting quarterback, both against top-10-ranked teams, and each tall task for the Orange in which nobody gave Syracuse a fighting chance. But Mahoney believed in himself on the inside, and that belief came out of him and onto the field to the tune of five touchdowns, three pass, two run, to one interception in two games combined against teams in the discussion to play in the college football playoff that year. Mahoney was not even an option, let alone a household name for Syracuse fans when thinking about who would be under center. And then he flipped that, became somebody that people knew inside of Central New York, as well as in South Carolina and Louisiana. The player that once seemed at the bottom of the barrel option for Syracuse was one of the best options moving forward. And his ability to fool defenses and move the ball and move the chains by any means necessary put Syracuse in a place where they were demanding respect against teams that weren't coming in necessarily giving it to them. So, you know, to me, Zach, and and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit toward the end of the story here, but, you know, from fifth to first string, writing that back in 2015, I was just marveling in the fact that you were literally put at the bottom of the barrel, preferred walk on, you're on the team, just be happy to be here type of thing. And you took that and turned that into, I don't care who the incumbent starter is. I don't care who the true freshman is that's got, you know, some highly touted stuff coming in. I don't care how many people have experience. You blew by everybody to get the opportunity to start, and you got to do it against Clemson and LSU. So uh, just what you can say about your time at Syracuse and the fact that you have already defied the odds, in my opinion, and that's why I wanted to to read that story because I feel like people need to know the weight of your story already and, and not just what's going on now. I mean, you have you have risen what some people thought were insurmountable odds, and I think that that's something to talk about. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate that. You know, for me, <clears throat> coming out of high school, I was, you know, I was 170 pounds, and like I said earlier, when I met coaches, their first glance was kind of, how is this kid on our radar? He can't, can't move the weight that, you know, some of our other kids can and can't do this, but the moment you put on game game film and you see what I could do, you know, whether it's be taking on top top teams in Illinois that had eight D one guys at a time and, you know, it helped us. They're a very good high school team and everything like that. But, you know, uh the stats the stats that I put up my senior year of high school, which was my first year starting, was uh I thought was gonna be good enough to get me on some teams radars and you know, there were a couple Big Ten schools that reached out and said, you know, you can come and walk on here, but that's probably all you're going to do. Uh, I felt like going the junior college route was the best option for me, especially at a highly touted one like College of DuPage. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Um, but just being there and being around certain guys that have the same dreams as you and wanting to go play at the best school uh, that you possibly can, not only from a football perspective but an academic perspective, uh, really allowed me to kind of see what I needed to do and how I needed to uh, kind of survive the JUCO route and, you know, make it. And then, obviously, once I got to Syracuse, uh, the first word that comes to my mind about that place is just special. Uh, there's there's a lot of history that goes there. You know, uh, when I, my first year when I redshirted at DuPage, uh, my grandfather passed away, and I had to miss the bowl game that we were going to, and that bowl game actually took place at Syracuse. So one of my goals was to eventually start on a Power 5 field and just to even have an opportunity to go to a game there and be on the sidelines was going to be a dream. But I couldn't do that because my grandfather passed away and I had to go to his ceremony of life. Um, and, you know, that, that was hard for me to do, but that was just another motivator that I need to work hard and get back. Did I think it would be at the at the field and at the Carrier Dome, the one that I dreamed about playing at for a long time? Uh, no, but I was very fortunate enough to do that. And then uh, just the rest of it, um, you know, obviously four and eight, three years in a row is one of the more upsetting things. And you know, I was very happy about moving up in the depth chart and kind of being a, a talk, <clears throat> being a fixture as a leader on and off the field. And I took a lot of pride in that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just, want, I just wanted to win football games. And when I started, I only won one of them. And, you know, I helped. I feel like I helped with some others, but uh, just winning games is the only thing that really mattered to me, and I didn't get a lot of that done. And I know a lot of people will say that yeah, it was still good enough for for them that we were within ten points of top ranked teams. But I know for a fact that each game that I played, I I felt like I got better physically and mentally, and you. I just wish I could get those games back and play how I am now, and I guarantee those would be wins. And you know, when you when you say that, you know, when when you say that, you know, people were excited or happy that, you know, you you even helped to to make it a game against LSU and a game against Clemson. But if you got the chance again, you'd get it done. I mean, just what was going through your veins? Bring me into those games. Speaking here with Syracuse Orange quarterback alum Zach Mahoney, who is now pushing toward a professional career in football. Just what can you say to me about LSU and Clemson? I, I mean, were they different? Were they the same in the sense of what you were feeling inside? But I want you to bring me on the field because so many, I mean, so many of us watch the game, but we're not inside of your head. We're not inside of your heart. We're not feeling what you're feeling and, and, and seeing what you're seeing. So what can you tell me about not only rising from fifth to first string and becoming a starter, but knowing that it was against these two top 10 teams and, and the reigning national champ. I mean, you got the number one team in the nation. You got the number, you know, top 10 team in the nation in LSU. Bring me on the field and tell me what's going on in the world of Zach Mahoney in these two games. Uh, well, starting out against LSU, you know, I was definitely pretty nervous. Um, unfortunately, uh, I wish I could have had those first halves over because we played extremely well in the second half, and it, it obviously showed on the scoreboard. But, you know, coming out, there there were a couple nerves that I had to shake off. But once I eventually did shake off, a lot of things slowed down for me, and I was able to kind of just play play the game that the coaches wanted me to play. And, um, you know, it was just – against those two teams as being my first two starts, it was, it was a very fun opportunity uh, it took a lot away from it, you know, being able to talk to those players and just have, uh, you know, even just a quick conversation with some of the guys about, you know, what what they did to prepare for us, what what it takes to be, you know, that good of a team, what, uh, you know, what kind of they did on a daily basis. And, you know, when you have All-Americans like Ben Bowler come up to you and say, there's nothing we could have done to prepare for what you guys did is, is kind of a humbling experience for, I'm sure for the coaches, but even as the players to help put on the show, it was, uh, it lifted the spirits, even in some of those defeats that, you know, there, there was something there. We just needed to dig down a little bit more and try to find it. 
And, and when you go back, like you said, you, you go back to those games in, in Syracuse, you know, you and the guys played so well in the second half against LSU in the second half against Clemson. You know, where was – I know you said you had to shake off some nerves, but where was the disconnect? Was that just a team that in general, in your opinion, had to kind of get going, maybe get punched in the mouth, you know, a, a team that, that was a late bloomer in games, so to speak? I mean, would you say that that was Syracuse that season that – you were, you know, you, you were trying to get there, and it was hard to get there. But in the second half, something just clicked more. You know, that, that whether it be the nerves or, you know, like a, it, feeling like you got to play down to bounce back up. I mean, what was it about this team that you could surge late, but had trouble kind of getting going early? You know, I'm not really sure. There's something that there's a right answer for that. You know, throughout the first really the first two seasons that I was there, we played at least one good half of football, if not three quarters in games. It was, for some reason, we just couldn't find a way to put together four good quarters and come out with some of the victories that we could have. You know, we started doing that in our third, the third year I was there, and that's how you see some of the games that we were losing by 20 or now just a one-score game. And eventually last year, you know, that's why they got a 10-win season. They started putting those together. And it was unfortunate that it took so long, but I'm very happy for them. And I just hope that, uh, you know, it keeps building. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure there's really an answer for it. We just we just weren't all clicking. You know, obviously I had a lot to do as a leader on the offense. If I wasn't playing the best that I could, the rest of the offense wouldn't be able to. And, you know, that just means that I need to keep practicing and keep getting better and, keep being as consistent as possible but you did what you did and you got out there and you made it a game and you know you had a, a never say die approach you kept coming back you kept fighting you kept pushing tell me where that comes from you know growing up where where did where did you get that you know that push that fire that desire I mean to go from you know some people in fifth string they're never going to see first maybe they'll see third maybe they'll see second but they're not going to jump, you know, uh, as high as, as you jump to get to where you are. So that takes something. Being against LSU, being against Clemson, that takes something special. I mean, there's something inside of you. There's a fire inside of you, a desire to get it done, a desire to showcase your talents. As, as much as you said you had to shake off some nerves, there's a fearlessness to how you attack life, Zach, that I think teams should know that are, you know, in these professional leagues, the NFL and the CFL and, and, and the XFL and so on and so forth, these teams that are around, around our country and outside of the country. So where does that come from? Where does the fire come from inside of you? Probably just being a little brother. You know, I had older sister who liked to pick on me occasionally and had an older brother that, uh, you know, I've battled in sports for the past 20 years and, being being around both of them, seeing how competitive both of them were, is is something that <clears throat> really pushed me a lot as a kid. You know, the one thing that I always wanted to do is just win. Um, Little League checkers, uh, whoever gets the remote first, I just wanted to win whatever I did, and they were the ones that really pushed me to to show that on a on a daily basis, and I think. You know, having all that come, stuff come off the field uh, allowed me to do some of the stuff on the field. Um, you know, there's one particular moment, especially when it's about comebacks, that um, has stuck with me through my life. Was my scene uh, was playoffs actually? Uh, my junior year, it was my first full start. Um, you know, my first start my junior year was end of the regular season but I split time with the quarterback and then my first start was the first playoff game and we were down 34 to 10 at halftime and they were they probably had 300 yards rushing against us and it was unfortunately uh, a game that we dedicated to a girl in our town who was um, unfortunately murdered by just a horrible man and you know, kind of going in at halftime, there were a lot of faces that were down. A lot of people had her on their mind, and a lot of people were just distracted. But we came together, and we ended up coming back from a 
uh, a 24-point deficit and ended up beating that team and making it to the quarterfinals, which is pretty big time for 8A Illinois football. Um, unfortunately, we lost the state champs, but it was still one of those moments that, you know, as a, as a leader, you just you learn from that. And when you do it once, you're, I feel like you can do it again. And then hopefully you can just do it on a consistent basis where it's just second nature to you. And there's a lot of things that have happened in my past that I feel have been very um, good for me on and off the field when it comes to taking pride in what I'm doing and never giving up. And in, and when you when you go through that, when you go through these moments where you desire something and you want something and you're fighting for something and it doesn't always shake out the way that you want it to shake out, I mean, that's that's life. You know, that that's that's really what what life is. You know, it doesn't always go our way. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always make us, you know, feel great. But there's a reason and there's a purpose to why we go through what we go through. So what has adversity taught you? What is what has adversity done for you as a human being on and off the field? Uh, teaches, I'm sure it teaches everybody a lot of things. Everyone has their own different adversity that they go through in their life. For me, a lot of it was, uh, you know, being the small kid, wanting to play sports or not being big enough to do certain things, but... You know, I've, I've proved from a young age that my size wasn't really a factor. But, um, you know, when when, a, when you're such a late bloomer, things unfortunately can catch up to you. And with the way that college football is run and politics are uh, playing influence with it, you know, you got to be that, you know, that stud high school player to get the scholarship. And then you got to be that um, player in college to kind of go to the next level even though you start seeing some guys that have great high school careers but don't do anything in college, they still get an opportunity at the pro level because of the name that they've produced. And unfortunately, I've never had that name, but I'm hoping one day that with all the hard work that I put into it, that I'll eventually get an opportunity and uh, maybe I'll get some of the uh, good politics on my side. And like you said, you know, there's there's a politics side of things. And unfortunately, you know, that political side of things can can can, you know, throw a throw a, a monkey wrench in, in some things. And, and unfortunately, you know, can affect some things. And, and, you know, I think in recruiting, too, you know, I've talked about it on the show before, is that, you know, with recruiting, we don't always get to see the best of the best. You know, as far as, you know, when where somebody is regarded in stars and whatnot, because the recruiting and that's why you'll never see. I tell people all the time, you're never going to see the star system the way that you know it. You're never going to see that on my website because there's athletes that don't have money or don't have the ability to travel. They can't get out to places. And if they don't get seen, you know, the best tight end in the country could be somebody from North Dakota who doesn't have a lot of money who doesn't have a lot of family support, who can't get out to a lot of places, whose college never wins a lot or whose uh, high school never wins a lot of games. And he could be, you know, talent-wise the best, but because somebody's in Miami and they got money and they can travel and they can go to all these camps and more people can see him and more people are writing about them, now all of a sudden they're a five-star. The true five-stars in North Dakota, the guy that's in Miami's maybe a three-star, and, you know, that that to me, that the fact that this this system is flawed, you know, the system does not really showcase the best of the best. It showcases the hype and it showcases, you know, who people want to talk about the most and who people see the most. And if you've if you you know, it's it's the same case of when people didn't watch Syracuse and they thought, oh, well, Dino Babers isn't doing anything in Syracuse. They weren't paying attention and they weren't watching. So, you know, to me. I feel like, you know, you're absolutely right, and you're onto something, and kind of going off of that. That you could be a really talented player who's on a bad team, or who you know doesn't have the the money to back it, or can't travel, or doesn't have the support and whatnot. Or you could be on a team at Syracuse where you know people aren't running off to look at the film because of the fact that Syracuse struggled so much. So you know, you're you're fighting all of these pieces. When really it should just be about your talent and your character and your leadership and what you can do. So if I'm an NFL team, a CFL team, a 
an XFL team, whatever right now, and you're sitting in my office, Zach, and I say to you, what's different? Why should I put you on my team? Why should I give you an opportunity? I got everybody banging on my door to take one of these spots. Why should I give it to you? What would you say to me? Man, I'll play for free at this point. You know, I, I truly just, all the things that I've missed um, in life, I mentioned I've missed my sister's wedding because of football. I've, you know, certain friends, you know, friends getting together, big events such as like that. You know, I just want to play. There's there's nothing more in life I'd rather do right now than uh, be on a field with with some great guys just winning. Um when it when it comes down to it, it, I just again I just want to play. But just the com- competition portion of it all is is something that I feel like I've always had either an advantage in or um, you know just it's been in the mix just where I compete in everything and I feel like a lot of guys don't do that or some guys are cautious about what they do. But you know, in my life, I probably push push some people away because of how competitive I am and if kind of if you don't meet my level on the field it's it's going to be hard to meet it off the field and you know some some friendships that you want to have just unfortunately can't happen because you know if, if you're not going to the same goal as me which right now is to play professional football if you're not going to be in that same realm if you don't want the same thing from me then it's not going to happen um but again, I think the biggest thing that take um, that I can provide a team is you know leadership. Always having guys fired up. I feel that's one of the biggest things that I've done on and off the field uh, since I stepped on at Syracuse and even before that. But that's I think that's something that a lot of teams always need, and sometimes it's overlooked because guys just want the six five guys with rocket arms that can move and. Unfortunately, I'm not that, but I feel like I'm something just as good. And when you have that, like you said, you know, I'll play for free at this point. I just want to win games. I want to be around people who want to win and want to have success. And, you know, you want to, you just want to be around that positivity and that desire. That love for the game, Zach, just what can, I mean, do you love anything else like it? Is it is it unique in its own way? You know, what can you say about your love for this game? Because, I mean, anybody listening this morning knows that it's deep, it's real, it's true, it's evident. What can you say about it? Uh, the only other things that I love pretty close would be my dog and my family. You know, other than that, everything else is kind of is, is a lot further down the list. But, you know, just I hope someone finally realizes that. And I think a lot of guys have done a great job kind of pioneering the league with you know, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray both being some of the smaller guys and both going back-to-back number one, it's, I hope a lot more people will realize you don't need the guys that maybe fit your style at 6'5 and whatever, but, you know, if the guy's 6'1 or 6'2 and can really play and can compete on a day-to-day basis, then why not give him a shot? And to have that, you know, like you said, to, to give somebody a shot to go out and get after it and, and have that desire and that want to, Zach. Final piece here, uh, words of advice for anybody out there, not just with football, but in general living their dreams. What are you telling people? You know, what's, what's, what's your key to success, your ingredients to success, so to speak, when it comes to chasing your dreams from here on out? Just don't have, for me, it's don't have a plan B. You know, I have one plan A at a time. Uh, I know a lot of people think that's crazy, but if you have a backup plan or you have a safety net, you probably won't push it as much as you need to. And in life, and especially with a career like football, if you if you aren't going to give it everything you have on a daily basis and you aren't going to, you know, take a lot of risks and, you know, kind of throw your body and your wallet out there and give some of the give the people around you some of that the help that you need to get from them whether it be trainers or throwing coaches and you need to spend a little money well you need to go do that if you need to get another job on the side to pay for all that well then you got to do that too but just if you love something obviously just keep pursuing it and you know even if it takes a lot a lot longer than what you want it to hopefully in the at the end of the day you can go to bed 
happy and wake up hungry and just get after it again the next day. Yeah, that coming from Zach Mahoney, Syracuse Orange quarterback alum, going after it and, and going after his dreams. Zach, listen, there's a, there's a lot of conversation to be had. There's a lot more that we could talk about, and I hope that we get to do that in, in the coming weeks and in the coming months. I'm just, dude, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you that, that you're chasing your dreams and you're, and you're getting after it. I think it's a, it's a great thing. I think it's, it, is a, it is a great message. It's a great desire. I love that. Have one plan A at a time. So, you know, I mean, you know I respect you, but really, I mean, I, I want nothing but the best for you. I want, I want success to come your way. I'm happy you got a good support system around you. And like I told you when we started it off, you know, I'm in your corner. I'm here for you, man. And I'm just, I mean, you are a walking sign of determination and perseverance and, and desire and want to and truly loving something. I mean, you have inspired me and I'm sure you've inspired other people. And, and I know you inspire yourself, but I, I want, dude, I want nothing more. We talk about Dwayne Haskins and, you know, and, 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 and Johnny Manziel and who's going to fit here. And what about Rosen? And what about Kyler Murray? I want to see Zach Mahoney do his thing. So the day that you get that, the day you get signed, the day that it happens, you got to tell me where it is and when it is. And I got to, you know, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. You get that job, you get that opportunity. I will go where I need to go to go watch that game. You have that from me 100%. I, I appreciate that very much, Dan. You know, you're one of the good ones, and it's it's hard to find some of them in the, in the media world, but I truly appreciate you. Well, you know, and I appreciate that very much. I'm happy that, that you feel that way. And, I mean, I want nothing but the best for – for all you guys, you know, I was, you know, pushing with the Eric Dungy side of things and, and very clear about that and, and, you know, what you're doing and, and what everybody's really trying to do out there. It's, it's great to see the fight and the desire. And I said, I was like, you look at Eric Dungy, you can't teach that. And, you know, what, what we're talking about this morning, you can't teach the way that you're talking and the way that you feel. And that is what goes such a long way. So, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm hoping the best for it, and uh, and no matter what happens, you know, from here where you end up, what team it's on, and whatnot, I'm gonna have to get a T-shirt and become a fan. But you know, I I'm looking forward to this journey with you and 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 keeping up with you on it, and you going back and training at home and whatnot. So you know, before you jump out of here, let's try and uh, let's try and get together, and and then I'm gonna keep in touch with you throughout it, and we're gonna chronicle this thing, and we're gonna show people that dreams come true. So keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Be well, and I'll talk with you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Take care, man.